basically the gist of it so anyways moving on so yeah this week we watched the halloween 2 sequel to the original 1978 um i've seen it before holly you haven't seen this before right no never right i will admit that i've seen all the other halloweens multiple times this is the only one that i've seen once um and i was pretty young when i watched it uh like most of the films that i've watched but this one like 11 or 12 so some of the stuff i remember some of the stuff i don't really remember which was kind of nice because most of the time i knew it was gonna happen but um yeah we're gonna dig right into this um so what i know from the background of this film is that there wasn't supposed to be a sequel with michael myers in it uh i know that john carpenter kind of wanted to just end the character right after the first film but universal studios since they made so much money off the first film, they're like, no, basically you write the script or create the story or we're going to move on without you kind of thing. Um, so from what I heard and read on the Internet, which is a great source of information, right, is that he just grabbed a six pack of beer and just wrote the story overnight. And you can definitely tell. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. Um, but I, I mean, that's pretty talented. He's got. He's pretty talented for doing that overnight thing, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. even if he did that's it overnight, talented. okay. But, anyways, so here we are with Halloween two, 1981, three years later, and this film came out. You know, it gave it three years in between the first one, and that's when we started getting more slasher films coming in, like Friday the Thirteenth, which obviously was mimicking what. Halloween did, um, the Prowler series, uh, like I, I think I said Midnight Strangler last week, I still haven't confirmed if that's the actual horror film or not, it wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, this, this gave it some time to get some other slasher films in there that were obviously successful, so Halloween 2 was able to capitalize on, on, on their own original as well, so, let's, uh, Let's dig into this bad boy. You ready? Right, I'm ready. Okay. So, start of this film, Halloween 2, is the end of the first film. Which I appreciated. 
right? I kind of like that because, I mean, imagine like three years go between you actually seeing those movies, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I would appreciate time to spend time to recap. But also, since it's only been a week since we've seen the original one, it kind of annoyed me because I was like, this is the worst part of the first movie. I don't want to watch it again. Oh, no, that's exactly what I was thinking, though, is that, you know, back in the day, you had three years of, you know, people might have been, you know, forgetting about what exactly happened. And with all the other movies coming out, it's, like, easy. I mean, easy for me to get confused, like, movies, you know, confuse movies, but. Right. I mean, and if he wrote it in six hours, that's probably the easiest way to go about it is, like, all right, instead of coming up with a completely different setting and, like, storyline, you just, like, all right. His first hour after his first two beers, he probably just was like, all right, we're going to start at the end of the first movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea, though. I appreciated that. Yeah, I definitely did. I thought I thought that was really – was it was done well. Um, but I know that the, the first shot is we're looking at the balcony when he was shot and he fell off of. Right. I don't know. It looked like he was landing on a trampoline. So <laughs> I actually <laughs> wrote this down. I – was so confused it well first of all in the first movie i didn't notice like when he looked at the grass like <laughs> the imprint of that michael myers i don't myers think it was like that yeah big it, it just was like one. what the fuck yeah because he and he looked like a goddamn giant like he literally looked yeah. like he's like 15 feet long like the size of like a large child that's it what it looked like this grass and he like matted it down. yeah this grass like <laughs> He would have had to land, like, I don't know. I have no idea. It just, the grass, I don't know. It was, like, black from where he was laying. Yeah. And then he was feeling, and there was blood, so obviously the six times that he said he shot Let's clarify who he is, Dr. Loomis. Loomis, sorry. Uh, Loomis is, he went down there to to see, like, where he was, and he's feeling, like, (laughs) obviously the fucking body's not there, but he's, like, feeling (laughs) the imprint, like, Jesus, Loomis, dude, what did I do here? <laughs> and then and he then gets, he like, blood on his hands. Blood on his hands. He's like, and I did, sh- I did get him. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then he gets up. And um, the neighbor right across the street finally comes outside. And, hey, what, what, what's going on over there? There's some crazy screams and gunshots and stuff well, like that. Well, he doesn't really sound like that, but. Yeah, but he sounds I don't know. Maybe a little like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Come on. <laughs> give me a break. Anyways, Loomis is like, call the cops. There's a mass murderer on the loose. Blah, 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 blah. His I little shot him. I just shot him. Oh I yeah. just shot him. I just shot him. He kept saying that like like a badass. Oh, yeah. And then and then the, the neighbor's like, is this another trick-or-treat joke? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he said a different voice already. Yeah, I, can't, I can't mimic the first one I did. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, He's like, I've been trick-or-treating to death tonight. And then Loomis is like, you don't know what death is. Yeah, that's just, like, unnecessary. Yeah, but that's what Loomis is. He's just, like, he capitalizes on that shit where he's like, yeah, you just said that. Well, you really don't understand that. And I'm going to make this all dramatic. And then right after that, um, I think we go right into the credits, the, the opening credits, right, with the new theme. It's the same Halloween theme with, like, the piano and everything. Yeah. But it's a synth. Right? Yeah. It's like I don't know what that means. It's like electronic, like keyboard, uh, like yeah. I think that's what it is. I mean, it yeah, it like definitely that. sounds different. It sounds almost like more upbeat, but like still creepy. 
you know they what had I mean? to change it up a little bit i guess but yeah i mean i liked it i was like oh that's kind of cool they changed it up in the sequel by doing that and then it's basic it's it's the same open as the first one where it's just like the green um font and and then you have the jack-o'-lantern I thought it was orange oh excuse me orange well, they kind of look the same. Yeah, they look they <laughs> look very similar. Um, orange font with the pumpkin or the jack-o'-lantern in the back. That's not the same type of jack-o'-lantern, but we're zooming in again. And as we're zooming in, the, the pumpkin is splitting in half. And then what I thought was pretty cool is that there's a skull right behind it. Ooh. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. Just, just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. But um, we go straight from the intro into another point of view shot of Michael, you know, while he's like roaming the streets and the alleyways, which right. was cool because it's a callback to what he did in the previous film. I don't think we ever saw it when he was the Michael Myers, the shape Michael Myers, just as a child. But now we're seeing him walking around. He's in that alleyway. Um, he... He has blood all over his hands. Did you notice that? Because he was, like, healing his wounds. Oh. Yeah. He um, no, the only time <coughs> I noticed that was in the next scene when he goes into that house. Right, yeah. So he, he sees Loomis, like, screaming at the cops or whatever. I shot him six times. I shot As him six like times. As he's, like, walking in the alleyway and Michael sees him for the first yeah. time. And then Loomis gets in, gets in the car with, with Sheriff Brackett. And then that's when uh, Michael stumbles upon that old couple. Right, so there's like a lady in the kitchen making yep. a sandwich, cliche. Yeah. Anyway, she's like yelling at her husband, like, "What do you want on it?" or something like that. My man want a sandwich, and he is like asleep in front of the TV. You asleep again? That's what she said. Right. <laughs> so she like walks like behind him to like check on him, and then there's like a news story about Michael or the, the three kids. So, so they're watching the night of the he or he's sleeping, but the TV has Night of the Living Dead on. Um, the original like 1960s version and then it gets interrupted by breaking news saying how there's this uh, insane asylum patient that broke out the night before he's killed you know three confirmed kills in Haddonfield Illinois he's still at large they haven't actually found him yet meanwhile like this is all the same night like yep, that yep. like this is like the world's fucking longest night in history ever October 31st yep. 1978 right. that's literally the 24-hour night, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> That's a lot of shit to go down but that night. So we're seeing, and then all of a sudden, right, Michael walks in there. Because, like, the lady's distracted. She's watching TV. Yeah. yeah. And he, like, walks in and finds this fucking huge butcher knife. Yeah. Uh, why do you make a sandwich with a big-ass butcher knife? And he gets blood all over her meat on the cutting board <laughs> and all over <laughs> the damn cutting board. And then she's, like, he... There's a shot that comes back to, like, looking at the old lady watching the TV, and then you see Michael, like, looking at the TV, like, knowing that they, they're they looking for him. Well, obviously, he knew that before, but he knows that it's it's on TV now and on the news, and he's like, I gotta bounce. So, but then, so, he bounces, and then she, she she's, like, stumbling back, and she's feeling for her knife. For some reason, she's feeling for the knife, but doesn't want to look for it. Dude, you gotta cut your fucking hand off, man. Right. But... Then she just feels the blood, and then she just, like, looks at her hand, and she screams. Before we move on to the next scene, I was I was just like, why why did he let, why did he, like, kill them? I thought, yes, I thought I he was going to kill them. I said the same thing. Like, 
that that kid didn't need to be killed. They're both fucking distracted. Well, usually easy killed the wife because she wasn't paying attention and then killed the husband because he was sleeping in there. Yeah, and I think because after, like, I don't know, I gathered my thoughts after watching the film and I'm like, well, maybe it's because... But then again, I don't know, because I, it's when he saw all this information on the or heard the information on the news and everything where he was like, I got to go. But then the next scene that we're going to talk about kind of like just contradicts destroys that. my argument. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the next scene is the next door um, teenage girl. She comes outside and she's like, Miss, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. Are you OK? What's she just like on? hollers like <laughs> call her back. <laughs> Well, and then I don't understand because she's the the old lady screams just one time, and then she's just silent. She's like, "I accept that there's blood on my hand, and yeah. I'm gonna be quiet." Now. I was scared for a second, I but yep. I'm a tough bit. Oh, I guess this ham that I bought had a lot of blood <laughs> in it, so it just must have leaked or something. I'm also missing my knife. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so and she doesn't haul her back to her once the teenage girl is like asking around or whatever. But so the teenage girl walks back into her house and she's on the phone. She had somebody on the phone. And she's like, oh, my I thought she called the police. No, she was on the phone with her friend. Oh. Because remember, she she said something like, I guess Mr. Mr. Johnson is beating on his wife. Yeah, because she's all. like, well, he does always give yeah. him a hard time. So he probably swung on her or something. She like yeah. says it as like a joke, like, yep. haha, bitch, come on, she deserves. And then I have a feeling that the person that she was talking to, like, was a friend. And I don't think she was actually from Haddonfield. It didn't sound like it, but she's like, hey. She's like, have you have you been listening to the radio? Have you have you like been watching the news? She's like, no, what's going on? She's like, some some lunatic is is on the loose and he killed three people in in Hat in your town in Hatterfield. And then she turns on the radio, remember that? And she's like right. listening to it. And then she hears, she's like, oh my god. She's like, that's that's only a street down, or that's only a couple blocks down. And that's when in the background you see Michael opening up her front door, sneaking in. And because she's in the kitchen right now, and he sneaks in, he, he goes off to, like, the side or whatever. I thought he was going down a hallway or something. And she turns around, and she sees that her door is open, and she, like, hangs up the phone. No, she just lays it there because the friend is still on the other line because you can hear him talk, like, hey, is everything okay, like, in the distance? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought since we didn't hear the friend anymore because it was kind of, like, fading out that maybe she hung it up. But anyways, so she's, like, calling out, asking who's there. Obviously, no one's answering. So she, like, goes, starts, like, slowly walking towards the door. And this part was, like, I didn't understand this at all. Like, I thought, uh, not that I didn't understand this at all, but I was, okay, I don't want to admit it. I wasn't even scared. I jumped. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Michael went into that damn hallway. No. He pops up and he kills the girl, all right? Somehow he's, like, crouched down like a goddamn frog, and she doesn't see him <laughs> or something, and he jumps up, and they have this, like, music every time he, like, appears. Like, and I'm like, oh, my God. It jumps, and then he jabs her in the chest, and he kills her. And then that's just where I'm like, okay, so if he's just this, like, unstoppable killing machine who – But they were all young kids, like – that's what I think too. Is like th- he so he has a tight sense, but then then Loomis is saying how he's he it's an unconscious mind or it's an unconscious killing or there's no conscious to it, and I'm like, well obviously there is because he he chose not to kill that old couple right. before because yeah. he's picking and choosing who he's going to kill, but I mean 
I guess it works better than like, all right, here's an old couple, and maybe here's a middle-aged woman or middle-aged man that he goes to next door and kills. Because since it is a teenage girl, I guess it does kind of make it kind of saves itself because it's like, well, his previous victims were teenagers, so I guess in that sense it makes sense. But um, at the same time, I was like, eh, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. But let's see. We jump to, oh, this is when Lori is getting pulled out of her house, right? And yeah. everyone's there, and they're all just like. She's like on a gurney, <coughs> the medics are like taking her out. This is where we meet uh, Jimmy and Bud. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out, uh, like neither one of them are wearing gloves. And just, it just irks me, and it's gross. And then when she's, like, put in the ambulance, Jimmy, like, touches Lori's arms. and That's the one that's cut, too, right? Yeah, and if you remember from the first movie, like, she had that giant gash on her one arm, on her yeah. left arm or whatever. Yeah. And he, like, literally in the shot puts his hand, like, in the blood. And he's like, you okay, Lori? I'm going to seat my fingernails into your Yeah, and just, like, touches it, like, ugh. Yeah, he sat there and he like rolled his eyes behind his head and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm not okay." <laughs> I'm just mm, kidding. Turn. Well, you're making it sound like the dude enjoys it. No, I'm just saying it's like gross, but that also comes into play later in the movie as well. Yeah. So <laughs> there's some dialogue between cuz I think Lori's just like in shock, not talking or anything, and there's some dialogue between Bud who is I think he's the older of the two because Bud later on calls Jimmy college boy, and Bud tries to give him some advice as far as working in a hospital and being a medic, so sounds like he's been there for a while. And ev- I, I, I put a note, like, everyone knows who Lori is because Bud's driving the, the, va- uh, the ambulance, and he's like, hey, is that that stroke girl? And he's like, yeah, it's Lori. And he goes, her her dad uh the head of Strode Realty or whatever he's like yeah and he go and then I thought he was gonna be like oh my my brother blah 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 knows her or whatever because apparently because Jimmy's in college and I guess Jimmy's younger brother goes to school with Lori and that's how he knows her basically oh but then Bud just goes okay yeah like, but then when they right. get to the <laughs> hospital too everybody's like Lori 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 Strode thank you the Strode girl okay I'm like holy shit yeah it's Lori. But I get it. It's a small town. Everybody knows each other. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that is true. But then again, when we get to the hospital and for how small they're trying, small town feel they're trying to get like Haddonfield to be, what small town like that's gonna have a memorial hospital? Like they kept calling it a clinic though, but it's definitely it's definitely a hospital. Yeah. Like people were ca- referring to, to it like as a clinic. Think but of like the times too. I mean, maybe back then it just looked a bit. I don't know. Maybe I. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, no, they did have a memorial hospital, and <coughs> it's, like, creepy and old, in my opinion. It is so dead. It is, like, that place would not like be running. Like, is there no other patients? I'm confused. But, anyways, um, then the doctor, like, comes in, and he's drunk, because they said he was... He was at the same party that Lori's parents were at, where yeah. all the parents were at. And he was, like, all fucked up. Yep. And he's, like, oh, like, gives her a shot of this shit, with no gloves on. Yeah, nobody's wearing gloves. And then they do it again, give her, uh, what was it? 
and sleeping medication or some yeah. shit. Yeah, and she was begging not to go to sleep. But also because she knew what was going on. Oh, absolutely. Well, she she was in she knew that he wasn't down there. She was in she was in fear. She she was in shock. Just what happened to her. Obviously, you're gonna be paranoid. So no, I'm talking about she had an an, an allergic reaction like later in the movie. Really? That that's just okay. We'll get to that. But okay. I'll explain it I once we get that. there. That's a, a big part. An allergic reaction? Yes. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Oh. Anyway. <sighs> okay. So Jimmy, the medic, is like basically so. Like the next few scenes, like Lori's in the hospital bed. She's like PTFO, and Jimmy like keeps trying to like come in her her room to talk to her. She's like, oh, I'm it's love. cute. It is cute. Yeah, and he's like, do you want a coke? And she's like, sure. Yeah. And then just, like, passes out. And the nurse is, like, kind of being a, a bitch to Jimmy because she's like, get out. Visiting hours are over. Yeah. But he's just kind of, like, a bitch. I don't know. I like Jimmy. I mean, I some people in some articles that I've read said that they felt like he was kind of a useless character. Like, oh, he was just there to be that, that love interest that yeah, but wasn't necessary. And I'm like, yeah, but he was a, he was a, he was a likable character. One of the last men standing. Exactly, and he he's a likable character. Yeah. It's not, and he had like personality to himself, compared to a lot of I, I can't say that for a lot of other, um, actors or excuse me, characters in this film, honestly. Yeah, but, so then like during this, it's like, freaking worldwide news. Like not really, but it's huge news that Michael Myers is out on the loose and whatever, and still there's like people still fucking out in the streets like, trick mm, or treating. Yeah, and, like, kids out and, like, people just, like, walking around town. Like, there's even a scene where this kid is... Well, I was going to get to that next. Because yeah. remember, that's the next scene. Right. As they go back to... So, um, Loomis is in the cop car with Sheriff Brackett. And that's when Sheriff Brackett's like, I'm about to call it. And then Loomis is like, what? And he's like, this is, this is the time where I'm about to call it and say, like, I'm done. I'm done playing your games. I'm done taking orders from you. Because Loomis just kept kept yelling at him and everything, and they were still searching the streets for this guy. And you're right, Holly. That's when, uh, all of a sudden, Loomis spots somebody wearing the same exact mask as Michael, as the Michael Myers mask, which is and kind of like the same outfit, like yeah. the same suit. So my question is like, how? What's what are the chances? Is that just like coincidence? I guess. I mean, obviously it's coincidence, but it's like. I mean, it's Halloween, and maybe back in the day they didn't have like a huge array of masks and shit to put on. And okay, so then this is what happens: Loomis gets out of his out of the cop car, forces Bracket to stop. He's running out. He's yelling at all these kids to to spree and get get the hell out of there. And he's pu- pulling pulling a gun out and he's pointing at this poor kid. But he's a pussy and won't shoot. Yeah, and then this kid doesn't do anything. He just turns around, starts walking away. He's not running or anything. The kid with the mask. Yeah, the kid, the kid with the mask on, the Michael Myers mask, and he doesn't say anything, doesn't yell anything, and he's just ru- he runs into the middle of the street, and that's when all of a sudden this fucking cop car comes and slams him into a van that's parked and explodes. And he burns. And he burns. And that's when Brackett's screaming at uh And the Loomis. cop says, like, I, I know it's him. I'm sure it's him. And Loomis just, like, shakes his head. Like, he's like, I, he, he kept asking him if it's him. And Loomis, like, couldn't give an answer. He's like, oh, I, he, he 
charged. How the hell am I supposed to know? So now they have to wait for the body to get to the morgue to actually confirm if that was Michael or not. Because they obviously Which is also getting realistic. Yeah, you can you can I feel like there's a lot more steps to Yeah. To go through than just oh we're gonna take this charred body and we're gonna bring it right to the morgue. Um, like this goes back to the thing like this all fucking happened in the same night. Yeah, like and how many people do you have in this town to like take care of this shit to get it done within like well two minutes? And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so not only are all of these people dead and murdered in the same night, this man is still at large, Michael Myers. You just killed who you thought was Michael Myers, but you can't confirm it. And like, like the National Guard or like more like or neighboring police aren't like coming into the town and like helping because that yeah. place looked dead still. Just it was very. It was just like it was like the sheriff and like four or five deputies just running around, just like a fucking chicken with his head cut off. So then, then that's when uh that other police officer, um the deputy. He's comes the warden. The with the long blonde hair. Oh really? Yeah, he on his sleeve it said warden. Okay. I don't know if they all had it, but I know he did. The one with the blonde hair. Warden right? County, I think, right? Oh. Maybe it was Warden County. I thought he was the deputy, like the sheriff's deputy, like right. Oh, below, I mean, like whatever. Second chain in command yeah. or something. And he walks up and he's like, "We just got back from, uh, what do you say, Lindsey Wallace's house?" And he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chief." He's like. It was Annie, and he was like, "Oh shit!" And that's when they both get in the get into the vehicle, and they drive over there. So that she was one of the murders in the first film. Yep, Annie was the friend that I said was kind of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, don't deserve to die, but yeah, she's the one that was watching Lindsay and just pawned her off to uh, Lori, and then she got strangled, and her neck broke in uh, her car. Yeah, with the tombstone, and then he, yep. like, placed it on the bed with the tombstone. Yep. So, anyways, yeah, so then her dad, who is the sheriff, finds out, and they just tell him, like, dude, like, go home. Go rest. Like, this was tragic. You know, whatever. Yeah. So. I don't think anyone would react like that, though, if they saw their daughter Like, there. he legit just, like, pulled it back and looked at her face and, like, Covered didn't yeah. cry, didn't, he like, wince. The next thing he said was just, like, I better get home and tell my wife before she yeah. finds out from somebody else. I mean, I get it. He, I've, I've never experienced anything like that. He's probably in shock. And he's like a, you know, he's an officer. He has to kind of like keep his composure, I feel like. Like, they're, you know, he's trained to like deal with situations like that. But I feel like even if it's like your family, like all rules aside, you probably. Lose it. Yeah. You're going to fucking lose it. I mean, he Unless he hated his daughter. <laughs> I think so. He almost lost it on Loomis because he's like, damn you. Yeah. Damn you. And everybody, like, throughout this movie is blaming Loomis. Like, you did this. Yeah, exactly. Which I think kind of ties into the end of the movie, but we'll talk about that. Right. Anyways, so then what? I think we go back. Oh, no. They go to the morgue, and this charred body is like. That's not it. That's not not yet. Okay. Then what? It's So Loomis, because basically that, that deputy with the long blonde hair is now in charge, and Loomis and him are working together, and the next thing that they're going to do is they're going to head over to the Myers house because they hear that there's a riot or whatever uh, over there. Yeah, because but the police are there, like, investigating to see if Michael's in there. But we don't actually go – we don't actually get there yet. The next scene that we have is when those two girls are walking to that, r- like, little red uh, convertible. Remember that? Over by that, like, mini mall? 
and they're they just came back from that part. It's the nurses. It's that one nurse. Oh yeah. And and see, this is and this is what I understand too. They just came back from a party, and she's going to like take care of babies in the NICU. Yeah, she's like telling her friend, <laughs> like, I gotta get to work. And her friend's like, Well, you said you were gonna drop me off at home, so you're gonna do that. And she's like, Well, I'll be late. And then she was already late. Anyways, yeah, she like drops off her girlfriend and but then goes to work. This is the part that like really confused me because. Um, this kid walking around with a boombox, like just with the news blaring in his ear, he burst his eardrums. No, I'm just kidding, but it was fucking loud. And so they get in this vehicle and they drive off. And then this kid bumps into Michael, and then he just starts walking down the street and turns a corner. It's just a scene like that. But then the next scene is when this nurse in her car pulls up to the hospital and then gets out. And then when she shuts the door, you can see in her side mirror that Michael is in her back seat. And I'm like, what? No, it, he was outside of the car. Okay, but still. He, wa- okay. He walked there then? Apparently he's like fucking superhuman and I mean, clearly can fly or He clearly shit. is or something. Yeah. I because I was just like, whoa, wait, what? And then I'm like also like. What's his motive to go to a hospital of all places? I mean, like, I'm, like I, he heard on the boombox that, like, Larry Strode was at the hospital. Like, you know, that's where she's going to be held right now to recover. That's why he wants to go there. Yeah, but before you know, you don't really know why he wants to go there, yeah. right? Maybe he was just following that girl because she was young and his type of place. So, <laughs> the next, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. Why the hospital? Oh, yeah, that's what I put. I was like, why the hospital? Like, why would he go there? I just didn't see that. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to mention, like, how dead it was in that hospital because the only other person that we saw was that kid who had a razor blade <laughs> in his <laughs> mouth because of that whole, like, uh, what was that thing where the, like, they said, you got to check your... your your candy before you eat it. That's so that like they don't still put a thing. Like people still say that and do that. I mean, they still do. I'm. I actually don't. I don't know if there's actually been like a recorded account of that happening. Like maybe an attempted. Like somebody attempted to do that. But how right. how difficult would it be? Like you could tell. Yeah. You could easily tell. I don't think anyone's actually pulled it off. Yeah. But anyways, so that's the only other person that we've we've seen in this hospital. It is so dead and the problem that and they're I like had all understaffed there's like yes four people working for how big this hospital is there's yeah like four or five people working but you don't see any patients you don't see any visitors you don't see anything you don't see any other staff but yet every single one of them is so busy like they act like they're so busy and they have to be doing something. If there was so much chaos going on, like there was in the second part of the film and the ending of the film, don't you think like some patients would like step out of their fucking like room and be like, or do you um, excuse me, what's going on here? Oh, there's people dead. Okay. Or like they'd turn on some fucking lights or some shit. Oh yeah, it's like they're like conserving energy. Like I mean, obviously they don't get a lot of business there or something, so maybe that's how they're like s- staying afloat. Like they're dimming the lights at night so the utilities don't cost too much right (laughs) yeah but um the next scene is bud sitting in 
it must have been like the medics like break room or something bud and jimmy and that one girl sitting there like it's so hard to like actually remember the nurses names because all these characters are just so forgettable like there's no redeeming qualities of them i I literally wrote down that like bud dude's a douchebag because he's like smoking pot (coughs) yeah he's smoking pot and this girl's trying to explain like how terrible it is this whole situation with michael myers killing these kids and then she's like yeah i had a friend that told me that she saw him walking in the fields yesterday and then bud's like well your friend's an idiot. She's stupid. She's not right. You shouldn't listen to her because he didn't break out until tonight, which he's fucking wrong. He broke out the night before Halloween and got there, and he's just being a dick to her, and then she just, like, leaves. And, and then his girlfriend comes along, which is the girl that was late, the girl yeah. that was with his girlfriend, and yeah. then she, like, shows up late. So she, like, shows up, and his attitude all changes. Oh, he's 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 a nice guy now. Yep, he's hitting on her and whatever, <coughs> and then... She had to go, because I think she's the one that watches the NICU with all the babies. Right. So. But she had to, like, get changed and get ready and whatever. And then the head nurse, the one that was kind of a bitch, was, like, telling her, like, what the hell is going on? You know, like, you're late. You're expected to be here. You need to be here. Like, these mm-hmm. people or these babies. Gave her a compliment, though. What'd she say? She said, like, you're, you're a great nurse, but, like, you're even better, like, when you're actually here. Oh, that's like, cool. Like, basically, like. Like, you're good at what you do, but you're not here to do it when you're supposed to do it. So get here and do it. I think that's kind of a cool way to, like, bring it up. Yeah. You know, because he's like, get your ass up here. And then, so Lori's, like, still laying in bed, and Jimmy's visiting her. Yep. And she, like, looks at him, and she's like, why me? And honestly, like, I had the same question. I said that in our last podcast, and I was, like, thinking this throughout. I'm like, why? Like, why is it Lori? Like, I'm so lost. I know. But, obviously, it's revealed at the end. Yeah. No, I, I even wrote that down, too, when she's, like, she's like why me? Because, like, finally she says that. Like, you're kind of waiting for her to be, like, why am I that target kind of thing. Right. Because that's when Jimmy, like, says, like, you know who that man was, right? And she's, like, no. Because she thought it was some random-ass person. And he goes, it's Michael Myers. And she's, like, you mean the kid that murdered his sister 15 years ago or blah 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 and he's like yeah and then she's like well what what would he want to do with me why me why me yeah i'm like okay i was like that makes sense that's that's probably like a natural reaction to something like that so so then one of the nurses like asked the uh the bodyguard what was his name oh whatever anyways like this so forgettable (laughs) they're (laughs) all terrible characters she, like, asked him to go, like, check out some shit outside. Or, or no, the phones weren't working. Because the nurse says, Lori, we've been trying to get a hold of your parents, and we can't get across to them. Yeah, and then can I can I make a comment about that? That's where that doctor was, right? I said that in the beginning of this podcast. But then I'm thinking to myself, like, are th- why? how are they just gone? All these parents in this town of Haddonfield are basically at this one fucking party, and the doctor's there, too, drinking. He's drunk. He shows up to work or whatever. But yet, like, all this news is out, obviously. It's all over town and these Lori's parents just don't give a shit like where she's at or anything I feel like they would of all people you feel exactly so anyways phones don't work the security guard who is the one guy goes out and he's like I'm gonna go check the pole or whatever so he goes outside and he like checks the pole nothing wrong with it and he's like walking like behind the hospital and there's like a dumpster back there for whatever fucking reason this dude just like opens the dumpster like hmm wonder what's in here mm, and there's like the food? blood in there which yeah. is like really odd to me like whatever 
and then a cat like jumps out <laughs> and i'm just like so surprised because a cat literally jumps out on him yeah and the dude is just fucking silent he doesn't not like holy shit or like yeah he just doesn't scream he just like accepts the fact that there's a cat yeah the cat just like tackles his like 350 pound body to right. the ground and then he just gets up and he's like brushing himself off and that's when he notices that that door to the side of the building like a mechanical door or something yeah, was like open and but he went over there because there was a padlock on it and i was thinking like michael must have like ripped it off or something or like pried it open no like the padlock had been like picked i'm like yeah. so he knows how to pick locks now well, yeah. whatever like i said how the fuck do you show up at the hospital that's not really explained but right so then there. the security guard like checks out all these rooms and shit there's nothing and then finally in this last mechanical room michael myers finds him and kills him and hangs him from well, the light yeah, basically, because he gave that nurse that walkie-talkie, and he walks in there, and he's, like, looking around, and he notices that, like, somebody broke he in. He calls for, like, backup, doesn't he? And then the girl's like, it's down here. He's like, he's like, you need to send somebody down to the sheriff's office now. He's like, I don't know how to work this thing. Come on. I can't hear you. And then he starts opening those doors, which I actually, th- I actually liked. That created a lot of suspense, because he opens those first two doors. The first one, like, boxes fall on. The second one, nothing's in there. But when he shuts the door... That's when Michael takes a hammer and just into his head. Which was just interesting. I was a good kid. I mean, I don't mind the kills in this in this series so far just because they're quick and they're just like they're there and then they're done. Like it's not like this brutal. You gotta watch them. Yeah, and that's the thing with like uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that next because he has a kill in this in this movie that's just not his. Like, the way he does it, you know what I mean? Because, like you said, he's quick. He usually chokes people or just one single stab or something. But then he has one kill that's, like, really brutal that's coming up next. So, basically, this nurse goes back to her quarters or whatever. And then that's when that bud guy uh, spooks that other nurse that's taking care of the babies. That's the next scene. And then he asks her, like, hey, like. Let's fuck. Yeah, basically, like. Let's do this thing. Yeah. And she's She's like like hesitant at first, and then she's like, meet me later, whatever. Well, she says, "Uh, we can go into the the therapy room, um, and then I'd be able to hear any of the babies when they start crying. So then it cuts to them going to the therapy room, uh, and it looks like they're in the fucking boiler room. I'm like, that looks nowhere near where the NICU is. Before this, let me just add, like, you know how I said Lori had an allergic reaction? Yeah. So they go into Lori's room, right? And she's, like, in this catatonic state where, like, her eyes are wide open, and she's just laying there. When When was it? That's later when, like, everybody else is dead. No, it's before this. No. Sorry, I don't mean to, like, do that to you, but it is because that's when Michael goes into her room and she sets up those pillows and he stabs at the pillo- pillows and she she tricks him that way. Oh, okay. So I'll let you explain it when we get there, but I'm, I just didn't want you to skip ahead too much. Okay. So they're in this therapy room that has, like, this – Bud and the nurse. Bud and the nurse, sorry. Let's reverse back to where we were. So, Bud and the nurse are in this therapy room that has this therapy hot tub, I guess. And 
they're sitting in there. She, they're both naked. She derobes in front of him. His jaws touching the ground, and she gets in there with him, and they start making out. Blah 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 blah. And then she goes, "I think it's hot in here." And then he throws out just that D bag on her. Nah, just me. Fuck you, bud, motherfucker. Anyways, so then I think Michael sabotages the heat of the hot tub, turns up the heat a little bit, and then she's like, no, seriously, it's getting really hot in here. And she tells him to go and, like, check on it and, like, turn down the heat and basically says, like, if you don't do it, it's going to get real cold in here, like, saying she's going to shut this shit down and she's going to go back to work. So, Bud gets out and goes into this, like, separate room where, like, those those valves are, you know? And he's monkeying with them, and then she's she gets out of the tub, right? She, like, sits on the edge. Yeah, sits on the edge and puts a towel on. She's, like, drying off. Yep, and then, then uh, Michael Myers comes up behind him and takes, like, this, like, cord or, like, wire and, like, starts strangling him with it and pulls him into this other room and kills him in about, like, 10 to 15 seconds. Didn't you, s- didn't you think that was pretty quick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty quick, but for how strong that dude is, like, maybe he just, like, snapped his neck or something. You never know. I don't know. Killed the fucker, though. Anyways, so then, do you want to explain what, happen ne- what happens next? So, mind you, the heat is, like, still turned up in this hot tub. Like, super hot, whatever, boiling, I don't know. Scalding, it, ha- it says yeah. on there. And then, like, Michael comes into the room where the tub is, and this nurse is just sitting on the edge, obviously with her back turned towards the door. And she's, like, drying herself off and, like, putting her hair back together. And Michael comes up behind her and, like, puts his hand on her shoulder. And she, like, starts touching his hand, like, caressing his hand. She's, like, talking to him, like, I don't know, whatever the fuck. And then she starts, like, kissing and, like, licking his fingers. (laughs) It's so creepy and gross. Like, if you think about how fucking dirty his hand probably is, (laughs) it's just nasty. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, okay, remember when he had all that blood on his hands? I'm just like, (laughs) ew. (laughs) But anyways, and then she's like, oh, bud. She, like, thinks it's bud. And then what happens? He takes his hand off of her, and then she turns around. Oh, and she sees that it's Michael Myers. So then she, like, grabs her head and starts, like, dunking her in this boiling hot water whatever and at first like she like comes up for air and she's like fine and then he like shoves her even farther like er, for even longer and she comes up and her skin is like starting to peel because it's like literally like boiling off hundred and like twenty something yeah that was that that was gross to me like her skin was literally peeling off like you imagine it like terrible yeah and that's and this is the kill that i was talking about it's like this not his mo like it's not the way that he kills and so his hands like holding her head in the water was completely submerged probably up to like his forearm and i even asked matt like during the movie i'm like why wouldn't his hand scald like her face did yeah and if it did like we didn't see it no like and he wasn't like he wasn't at all affected by it which i mean whatever because he's apparently been shot 500 fucking times and all this other shit but like I, I don't know. I feel like I, that I was kind of dumb. I can understand him not, um, not feeling it, but I can I, like I can't understand. Like, hold on, excuse me. 
I'm I'm kind of confused right now. Sorry, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. Because you know how he had like the the gunshot wounds on his body and stuff, you could still see those and everything. Right. So obviously, like his body is reflecting like the stuff that's happening to him. So I can understand. I could understand if he wouldn't be able to feel it, but I don't understand how he doesn't have uh like peeled skin on his hands. Right. That's what I was trying to say. Right. Sorry. Sorry. So then, okay, cut to the scene that I was talking about earlier. Yep. Your time to shine. <laughs> where Lori was laying in bed and her eyes were wide open and everybody's trying to talk to her and, like, wave their hand in front of her and she's, like, not responding. And the lady, one of the nurses, like, runs out and she's I like, think. oh, my God, like, she had an allergic reaction. No, she tries to find oh, um, the doctor. Right. So yep. she, like, runs to find the doctor and can't find him anywhere. Like, he's in, like, his own little office area and the shower's on. And she's right. like, doctor, whatever. I don't know what his name is. And no response. So she like goes in his office, and he's like facing a wall in the dark. But he's, he's like he's sitting in his chair, and he's turned around facing a fish tank. And she's like, "Help! Like Lori's had an allergic reaction to the medicine that you gave her," and he like doesn't obviously turn around or anything. And then she like turns him around. Yeah, right? she grabs his shoulder and turns turns him around. And the dude's got a scalpel, a needle. Oh, uh, yeah, a needle. It's a needle in, in his, his right eyeball. And she doesn't scream or anything. She just kind of, she's in shock, and she starts backing up. And I, this is probably, like, my favorite part of the whole entire film, not going to lie. Just like in the first film, where Lori is, like, backed up against a wall, and there's darkness behind her. And then all of a sudden, Michael starts appearing. His white mask starts showing out of the darkness. The same thing happens here with Michael appearing out of the darkness in the background, which I freaking love. And this kill, he he pulls out a needle again and shoves it in her temple and blows some air in there. So she's a goner. She's dead. So, like, meanwhile, the nurse fucking leaves Lori. Like, I wrote this down because I thought it was really interesting. They just, like, fucking shut the door behind them. They're like... Well, we got to go get somebody, but, like, don't help her. God forbid. She's, like, laying there, like, in this odd state. Yeah. And exactly. they just, like, literally shut the door behind them to they go find like a doctor. They start running everywhere and, like, trying yeah. to look. And that's that's when you're right. That one nurse, like, starts looking for the security guard. He's not where he's supposed to be. Can't find him. Um, and then I think this is when Jimmy stumbles upon the head nurse, right, in that room. Right. So Jimmy's in a different part of, oh, excuse me. I'm wrong because he he bumps into that one nurse, the blonde nurse, before that happens because he scares her, remember? Because Michael goes into that – he was in the, the baby room, and then he goes across the hall. That's later because Lori is, like, crawling around the hospital. <coughs> she, like, gets up from her altered state. Oh, yeah, don't, don't say that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when she's – um. What was she doing? She was, like, over in, like, the nurse's station, like, trying to, like, radio or call somebody, I thought. I don't remember that now. Yeah, because you see Michael on the on the, on the the black and white video camera go from one room into the room across the hall. And then she starts walking, and then she hears something, like, fall. And then she opens the door, and that's when Jimmy puts his hand on her shoulder. And so then she turns around, and then they start talking about how... Uh, Lori isn't in her room anymore. Yes, because he's behind those curtains and he's listening to them. Yes, it is. Right. So I was just saying that Lori had gotten out of bed and was crawling around. 
Yeah. So Michael was looking for her while this is happening. Yeah. That's when he stabbed the pillow. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's when he stabbed the pillow and she's like in that room and she fell asleep. Right. Just passed out. Yeah. Okay. I thought I, th- I thought you were gonna skip ahead to like that one no, crucial part. No, no, like she's like still wandering around, like trying to scoot around to a different room because she knows that Michael's gonna find right. her in her room. So she shoves pillows. So in she her wasn't bed. actually in the catacomb. She was, and then for like what I, I don't know, she just she two can pick and choose when she can snap right, out of it. Or I something? guess. Okay, I guess that happens, but yeah, but that's that's what happens next. Is like Jimmy's like I'm gonna go look down in this area. And that's when he takes that elevator down, and he goes in like a surgical room. Sur- yeah, the surgical room. And he goes in there, and he notices that the head nurse is laying on a operation table, and it looks like there's a cord around her neck. She's not moving, but right. he, he can't tell if she's like obviously dead or not. So he goes up, and he puts his fingers on her neck to like check her pulse. There's no pulse, but then. There's a needle in her vein in her arm draining blood onto the floor. Again, that's just not Michael's MO. Like when the hell did he like why would he do that? Why would he take the time to do that? Like how would he because know? Because he has to like twenty four hours of like fucking pure black night to <laughs> I get guess, this shit done. Yeah, Jimmy's like noticing all this shit and he turns around and tries to, like, take off, but slips in the blood because there's a huge puddle of blood from it being drained. Which looks like fucking red paint. Yeah. Like, they could have done a better job. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, literally bright And he, red. like, slipped and smoked the back of his head so hard and just passes out. He fucking knocks out. So what happens next is this, is this when... That's when someone was killed with a scalpel. Actually, hold on. Before that happens, that's when Loomis and the deputy go to the Myers house, and there's a riot and everything, and they're out there. And this is actually very crucial and very important to note because this is when, you know, the sheriff's, like, pushing people, like, ah, get out of here, go home, go home. And then they get up there, and those two teenage boys come up, and they say, uh, Officer, have you seen our buddy Ben Tramer? He left the party at 10 o'clock, and we haven't heard anything And yet. if you remember, Ben Tramer is Laurie's little date to the dance or whatever in the first movie. That's her, like, Yep, that's the one interest. that she that she had um, admitted to Annie in the in the car that she that she liked and that she'd want to go to the dance with, and then Annie talked to him, and they were supposed to go to the dance, and uh, unfortunately, he was killed by... A maniacal police officer who just wanted to run his so car. So Ben Tramer was the one they found out was the one that burned. Yeah. Oh, do you want uh, before that scene though? I think a few scenes back is when they go to that morgue and they bring the charred body. Do you want to get into that? I mean, there's not much to get into, but it's just like laying on the table and they're looking at his teeth for like dental records to identify yeah. like who he is. And the the mortician was like, "Well, it's like a." He's like a young man because something about like he has no cavities just from spitting his teeth. How does that make any sense? I have no idea. But yeah, he was like, no, it's like a young boy. And then Dr. Loomis was like, how young? And he was like, 17. And Loomis was like, Michael's 21. Yeah. So then they know like it's not him. Yeah. I don't, it's not confirmed, but at least they're just going off this like dude is a dentist that they brought in. 
Oh. Yeah, because before they went there, he's like, get a dentist down here. Because, and I don't, th- how could you even know that by just like looking at it? Mm. Like there's no, there's no fillings in these teeth. There's no cavities. And he's probably like a 17 year old boy. Like, how do you just know that from the naked eye? I mean, obviously yeah. I'm not a dentist or anything, but like, I, if you're just basing it off of not having cavities and fillings, I don't know. I think that's kind of bullshit. Right. So then, like, fast forward, obviously, then they're at the Myers house, and those boys go there. Have you seen our friend Ben Kramer? And they know that. Like, uh, he drank a lot. Yeah, he was drunk or whatever. and um, But that still doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't, like, take his mask off and, like, yell and be like, what the hell's going on kind of thing. That that scene's just fucked. It's stupid. I, I hate that scene that he just gets killed that way. But did you notice that the police officer pulls out a cigarette? And he starts, he pulls out a lighter and he lights his cigarette and starts smoking it and he hands it to Loomis. Loomis doesn't light up a cigarette, but he holds on to the lighter and that'll come into play later because Loomis never had a lighter before that. Right. So then we fast forward to the next scene where Lori wakes up in that room, right? She finally wakes up. Yeah, she like went into a different empty room and she like was sitting on the floor and she fell asleep. Yeah. But before that, you know, that crazy thing we forgot, that dream she had. Yeah, I did not understand that at all. I didn't understand it, but then obviously at the end you, like, understand it. She's having this dream where she's talking to her mother next to these, like, this clothesline, and then her mother's like, how many times I got to tell you, I'm not your real mother. And then it, like, cuts to her in this, like, big room where there's, like, bars on the windows, and there's this little boy um, staring out the window, and then he looks back at her, and you're... I don't know if you're supposed to get that that's supposed to be Michael and that's supposed to be Lori in that scene. I obviously understood it because I've, I've, I know the timeline of, of the Halloween franchise and everything, but I feel like being a, f- a first-time viewer, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, I didn't even pay that much attention. I think that was piss poor. That was very th- – you could have explained it so much better, honestly. I thought it was piss poor. But I just wanted to mention that, that they had this weird dream sequence that just, like – was trying to explain the connection between Lori and Michael before it's revealed later in the film, and I just, it didn't work with me. It didn't work for me. So, anyways, she wakes up, and she takes a little snoozy snooze in this in this room, and you remember when they were showing her point of view, and it was kind of blurry because she's all drugged up right. or whatever? Yeah. I kind of like that. That yeah. was kind of cool. So, do you want to explain what happens next? So, I guess I can. <laughs> She pops out of the room, and she looks down both hallways, doesn't see anything, but obviously you have her point of view, and it's blurry. And she stands up, and she starts walking away. And then the blonde nurse that has been looking for her and just running around crazy, like, yells, like, Lori, Lori, stop. And Lori, like, turns around, still kind of, like, dazed and confused and whatever, and she turns back around to start walking away, and then the nurse is like, Lori, and then as she's turning around, Michael walks behind the nurse with a scalpel, stabs her in the back. Literally like a half inch to like yeah. a one inch scalpel, like stabs it into her back yep. and like lifts her off the floor. Uh, unrealistic. Yeah, but then I liked it because like her shoes fell off. That was kind of cool. I don't know. It was kind of like that's kind of like the telling sign like, hey, she's dead now kind of thing. And like his his strength, like, like p- putting her up that high. Like a, a one inch killed her. Hey, this is the same thing with that knife going into that dude's chest and sticking into the the 
fucking flimsy ass closet doors and him standing up there. <laughs> but anyway, so he kills this nurse and then there's the 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 chase sequence between Lori and Michael and that's when you cue the Halloween theme music and with this the new synth noise that they they added in there which I mean it was kind of cool. I thought it was a different take on it and I liked it and obviously got to be a little different with the sequel and everything. So she's running from him. She runs down the stairs. She gets to this room where she fucking waits till last second to climb out of this fucking window. And he's like slashing at her ankles. Doesn't get her. And then she turns around and stumbles upon the slowest fucking elevator I have ever seen in my whole in entire like life. In an abandoned fucking hospital where nobody else is using any other type of elevator for any reason. Because right. there's nobody in the hospital. Yep. For whatever reason, it's stuck on the second floor. So she's like banging the button to try yeah. and get it to like the basement level. And I w- Michael, okay, first movie, he walks slow, obviously. This movie, it's like he's lost a step or two. He's walking But he's also so injured. Yeah, so that's true. I mean, <laughs> he just fucking walks so slow. But then also kind of goes back to how the fuck did he get to the hospital so fast? You know what I mean? Right, like if he for is how so slow, slow he's walking. Yeah. Anyways, she gets into the fucking elevator last second. As the door is closing, he gets his hand in the elevator to, like, stab through, and then he just pulls it out, and the elevator door shuts. That's Very not what anticlimactic. That's not what elevators do, though. They yeah. would just, it would, if they know a limb is in there, they're going to open up. Yeah, it was just yeah, dumb. Yeah, it was that fucking was stupid. Anyways, so then, and she didn't even go anywhere. Just the other side of the elevator door is open, so she goes out that way, and... Oh, she runs outside, right? Yeah, into the parking lot, and she gets into a car. Yeah, she gets into that yellow beetle to hide, and she keeps peeking up, and she doesn't see anybody, and then she just kind of chills there. And then this is the next scene, and this is like one of the last scenes before Loomis and the crew get to the hospital. They go to the high school, and Michael was there, and he was like... Wrote some shit. I I was honestly kind of checked out at this point. the The last like thirty minutes of this movie, I was just like, I need to fuck this thing over. I'm like, this is. It's not like the last one where no, yeah, like climactic. Yeah, and and like you would think it would be the opposite. Like you think the end would be like, oh shit, like you know, like now's the time to rock. But it honestly was just like, hurry up. Yeah, like I like I know it's gonna happen. This is annoying. And I mean, the beginning was fun because it was a continuation of the first like the ending of the first film and you're like okay what's this this is a story that they're building but then they kind of drop off the story that they're building and just kind of like hurry it up um anyways this marshal shows up and the nurse that he drove to smith grove asylum uh um what's her name janet from the first film the one that uh is the that one that drove the car yeah. with loomis in the opening Yep, she shows up, and apparently the governor put out, like, a warrant for his arrest or something, told him he had to go back to Smith Grove, and he gets in the car with them, and she's like, I have very important information to tell you, though. This bitch waits until they're, like, fucking ten miles out of town to even tell him what the fuck she had to tell him. And she ends up telling Loomis in the backseat of the car that... Michael is Lori's sister, and that... Michael is her brother. Oh, yeah, Michael is Lori's brother, and uh, we we finally get that answer 
uh, to the question we had last time we did the podcast that his parents died two years after Michael but was admitted. But did you find that odd? Because early, like right before she said something about like his parents dying, she said before his parents were murdered. She said his parents were murdered. And then literally the next Are sentence. Are you serious? Yes. And the next sentence out of her mouth was his parents died. Oh, my. I didn't know. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Like rewatch that part. I might have to rewatch that because I didn't catch that. That's kind of cool. That's like something to look into. Yeah, she like said something about like, and then his parents were murdered, and then you know they s- they keep talking, and then she says that was only two years after his parents died. So then I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Because the first movie, they, his parents weren't murdered. Remember, they were just like sitting there like fucking idiots. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I heard it wrong, but I'm almost 100 percent sure that's what she said. Yeah. And then, obviously, the marshal's like, I'm, I have direct orders from the governor. I'm not turning this around. So then Loomis, being the fucking maniac that he is, pulls out his revolver and puts it on the dude's neck and says, turn around. And the guy's not afraid at all. So then he's like, well, what do I got to do? Give me a warning shot? Whoosh! Blows out the fucking passenger side window, puts his gun up to his neck again. Then he turns around and he starts going towards the hospital again. Meanwhile, we cut to Lori still in the fucking car. And then all of a sudden... Jimmy pops up again, and he's in rough shape, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He gets into the car. He tries starting it, and something we didn't mention is that before all the tires on the cars have were slashed because they tried leaving. Because Michael Myers has a million and a half hours to do what he needs to do yep. because this night never ends. So, of exactly. course, he fucking slashes. He takes the time to slash all the tires. Yep, and he apparently, like, took nip something in the engine because none of the engines start or anything so jimmy's trying to start it and he's just like you're gonna get out of he's here he's like in a trance he yeah, does not know what's going on fucked up and laurie's like jimmy jimmy and he's like not really responding and then all of a sudden jimmy passes out lays his head on the horn the horn's blaring for about five seconds then she pulls him off of it and then my question to you is, do you think Jimmy's dead? Like, is that, do we consider him dead from that? Mm, I mean, I wouldn't. I would say he just, like, passed out. I mean, he, like, he hit his head fucking hard yeah. as shit. Like, it bounced off that, like, yeah. hard floor. So, I mean, I you know, and you never know. He could have had just, like, brain bleeding and then, yeah, just, like, died in his car. Who knows? I mean, that's true. It's never really revisited, I guess. So, I, I don't know, but... I guess we can move on from that. I, I was just, that was kind of also like anticlimactic. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, he's just going to pass out in this car? Okay. So then she gets out, and all of a sudden, this bothered me too. Loomis and all of them show up, and they're about to walk into the hospital, and all of a sudden, she can't fucking scream or yell anymore. She, she can't literally talk. is like crawling on the ground, and she's like a hundred feet away from them, and she's like, help me. Like, she's like, it's <laughs> barely coming out of her mouth. The second the goddamn doors close, she's like, Larry! Like, screaming, like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, and then she finally gets up, and then Michael pops out of nowhere. He was, like, not even in the hospital. He was, like, on the outskirts of the hospital by this, like, red light. It was, like, well, if he wouldn't have yelled, Michael probably would have been, like, heading back into Haddonfield because he probably thought they were fucking long gone or something. So then there's this chase sequence where she's running up to the door. She's banging on the door, screaming. He's coming after her, and Loomis hears her and lets her in and then all of a sudden this is fucking stupid too michael shows up and he just waltzed through the fucking glass door he like doesn't put his hands up doesn't like 
ticket, doesn't whatever. He literally like uses his goddamn nose yeah. to like break in this glass door. Yeah, he just walks through it. And then Loomis puts about four slugs into him and he finally goes down and this marshal this marshal who seems level headed the entire time we get to know this character just all of a sudden becomes a fucking idiot. Just becomes the dumbest person in the world. He just like walks up to the body and Loomis is like, Get away from him And he's like, He's dead, you shot him four times And he's like, Get away from him, he's still breathing And he's like Oh, uh, okay. And then he backs up, and then he tells Janet, the the nurse from the first movie, to run outside and radio, um, to use or to call backup in. And then Marshall's like, "Hey, I'm the only one authorized to use that." And it's like, which dude, I thought was really dumb. It was dumb. It's like, dude, there's fucking dead people everywhere. Let her, like, like he shows no sign of panic. Like yeah. he's not like, oh, this is like big shit. He just is like, well, only I can use my radio. Yeah, it's like, dude, this is an exception. Just like shut up and. And then, like, Loomis is basically, like, hovering over Lori, like, are you okay? Please come home. He, like, God. shoves his face in her face. And I was like, yeah. what in the fuck And then all of a sudden, dummy fucking Mar- Marshall boy is down by Michael, feeling his, like, neck or something like that. And he's like, I told you to get the hell away from him. And he goes, he's not breathing. And then all of a sudden, Michael obviously pops back up and takes his scalpel and slices this dude's throat and kills him so here comes another chase sequence and uh laurie and loomis are running around the hospital and they get into that surgical room again right and they lock themselves in there while michael's not really i shouldn't shouldn't call it a fucking chase he's walking towards (laughs) them as slow as possible indeed and they're in this room, and he try, and then Loomis somehow grows another fucking revolver out of his ass and says, hey, here, use this revolver, Lori, as she's, like, in a fetal position in the corner of the room, and she doesn't want to touch it, and then he leaves it by her feet, and then Michael busts in through the fucking door, and Loomis is out of bullets, so then Michael stabs him one inch into his belly. <laughs> he doesn't get very far with that thing, does right. he? And he falls over. And then Michael starts coming walking towards Lori, and then this part was like weird because Lori had just had that dream where she's like, I guess maybe it like jolts the memory where that's her brother, but then she goes, Michael, Michael, and then he stops. Remember that? And then he remember from, from the first movie when he killed uh Bob and he tilts his head. Yeah. He does it again. He like stops and he like tilts his head at her. And then she's, like, looking at him. And she has a gun in her hand this time. And it doesn't stop him. And then she yells his name again. He's still coming. And then she is the perfect fucking shot. She shoots him two times and bolts in the eyeballs. Yeah, he, like, had no holes in his mask, which I thought, like, was, you know, he's, like, just shot in the head. It was so bad. And then his eyes were just, like, bleeding. But his eyes were closed. You could see, like, in in the shot that his eyes were actually, like, closed. Like, it was, it was piss poor. It was... Then he starts uh. slashing around his scalpel. And then it's like, <laughs> it's yeah. so Yeah, meanwhile, he's, like, covering his eyes. Like, you know how when you go outside and it's really sunny, you don't have a hat <laughs> or, like, sunglasses? You put your hand up to, like, your eyebrows to, like, yep. cover your eyes? That's, like, what he was doing. That's and the dumbest thing. All of a sudden, like, Loomis starts, like, letting gas out of these, like, fucking tanks that they have in it there. It's oxygen. And They're all and oxygen ether, tanks. Or, what's ether gas? Is that something? I don't know. 
there was another one that. But he was like sizzling to like make noise to distract Michael, and then and Lori started doing it. Yep. But all the while, Loomis actually had like a full-on plan for this. And then Lori just runs out of the room, and then Loomis. This is where the lighter comes in play. He pulls a lighter out, and then he says some fucking dumb one-liner that's forgettable because I don't remember it, and he blows them both up in the room. So Michael dies and Loomis dies. But as Laurie is sitting out in the hallway and everything's on fire in there, who comes waltzing out of the fucking room? Who, Holly? Michael Myers. And he's on fire. Yeah. And he doesn't get very far, though. He finally is stopped. He falls over and he dies. And the next scene is, isn't it day now? So it's like weird because it's daytime and and everybody's at like all the firefighters at the hospital to like put out the fire from the explosion and all this shit. Yeah. And I, I a neighboring clinic clinic or hospital whatever the <laughs> fuck you want to call yeah. it like comes to pick up Lori so they put her in like a different ambulance and as they're like driving away so it's like foggy super foggy and kind of like light out or you know the continuation of the nine hundred hour night. Is like slowly coming to an end. But then when they're driving, so Lori's like on her way to a different hospital, it's like fucking pitch black out the windows. Did you notice that? Yeah. It never ends. Yeah, I did notice that. And then right before that scene, you remember that's when that that, uh, the deputy was there and that other police officer shows up and they said that there was like 10 confirmed kills in, in, in the hospital. And I don't even know what else they said. They just kind of like side or whatever and know what i thought was weird why didn't they have a uh, lori on a gurney this time they did last time and she's in definitely a lot more like a lot worse shape this time right. around like yeah. and he <laughs> he barely helps her into the fucking back of the am- ambulance he like well because she asked can i sit in the front and oh. he's like no i can't let you do that yeah and then it just cuts to her when it's all of a sudden pitch black again in the in the hospital, and it cuts to Michael burning in the in the hallway, and it's playing m- the Mr. Sandman song, which was kind of a weird song to play, but I like it. It's just it's different. It's it, it almost it's adds creepy. like a creepy element, yeah. yeah. But then also it's like it's kind of like a cheery song, so it's like yeah. I think that I just know because they bring this song back in a later film that. After this film, that song was deemed, like, creepy after that. Like, they made that song I creepy. I could see that, yeah. I mean, uh, you're already talking about Mr. Sandman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. already kind of creepy. But, yeah, that's the film. That's the end of Halloween 2. Um, an hour and a half that I won't get back in my life. I'll be honest. I was disappointed. I, I, I liked... I like the sequels because there's so there's limited content that you get of these characters because I love Michael Myers and I, I love the story behind him, the mystique behind the shape, but I want it to be executed well. And I feel like if Mustafa Akkad and Universal Studios knew that John Carpenter was not interested in making a sequel and that he was going to write a fucking script in six hours with a six-pack of beer or whatever the hell he did, they should have known that that's probably not the just because the the man who's who's the created masterpieces in the first one, um, it's probably not going to be the script you want to go with for the second. I don't know. 
I think yeah. it was something where it was a cash grab because all these films are cash cows because they know they're going to make money off of it and that it was something where they wanted to get in on the pot because other films that were mimicking their original were making so much money, so it was a way to make it. It's not the worst sequel in the, se- in the franchise, but it, it definitely has some major flaws, and I just I found it boring at times. There's no characters that I... There's no likable characters besides... I mean, Lori's barely in it, wouldn't you admit? Like, she's right. fucking catatonic, or whatever you she call it. She has, like, no... Even when she is in it, like, no personality there's yeah. like nothing to like there's jimmy i mean i like jimmy but again he's there's so much l- like limited exposure of jimmy in this entire film that it's i mean and not to mention his uh pass out or death or whatever you want to call it was just like what okay i mean i feel like there would have been it would have been better if there would have been like a clear understanding if he was dead or not i don't, I don't know but i i don't know i i, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this, honestly. Like, out of, uh, like, a 10 popcorn kernels, because we're going to rate it like that, I'd probably give it, like, a 3? I almost said 4, but yeah, I'm going to give it a 3. I would agree. I would say 3. Because I, I gave the last one a 7, and you gave it a 6. So, I'm that's that's pretty damn low for for what it is. And, I you know, the last one is 7, is just because it's, like, it's, it's dated. It's, it's from the 78 and everything, but... I mean, this one, I just felt like there's there's more that they could have done with it. Um, it, it like I said, you know, it, it was rushed and everything. And uh, Did you notice that the mask was completely different? Yeah. I, I mean, compared to the other ones that I've seen, like this mask, the original 1978, that's the best mask that you're going to get through the, throughout the entire franchise. The second one, it's like this dude's head was wider, like 10 times wider than, than the other. And then you actually saw his eyes in the eye holes. And I had a problem with that, too. I didn't like that. I think the whole mystique behind the shape is that you don't see any human features of him. I know at the end of the first film, you see uh, they take the mask off of him and everything. But that's the only exposure. Other other than like what you're seeing within in the second film is his eyeballs and everything. I don't, I don't really like that. So what do you give it, Holly? A three? Yeah, I would. We're both agreeing on a three. Would you recommend this film to other people? Um, I mean, I haven't seen all the other films or, like, sequels or anything. Right. But I want to say I would I would skip this movie. I don't really think it has, like, a, oh, you need to watch this to understand the next one. But, like I said, I haven't, I haven't seen them all, so I don't know that I could say that. But I want to say that, <coughs> like... Yeah, and as we, like, keep going, we can obviously go back and be like, well, then that that film's pointless, or there's really no no point of it. I mean, honestly, for continuity reasons, again, like, if you're a person that needs to watch everything in order, like, first, second, to, like, make sure you don't miss any details from film to film, then knock yourself out, waste an hour and a half of your life, and, and watch this movie. But... If you're completely fine with, I think you'd be fine, honestly, watching the 1978 original and then whatever else you want to watch, I guess, in the film series. But, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. So, this this one was definitely a disappointment compared to the, the original 1978 that Holly and I, we, we thoroughly enjoyed, especially for the time that it came out. So, now that we got the second one done. The next one on our list is obviously number three, which is Halloween 3, The Season of the Witch. And this is actually 
probably something you don't know, Holly, but Michael Myers isn't in the sex film. Spoiler alert. Mm. He's not. Okay. Because I mentioned it last podcast, but John Carpenter wanted the Halloween series to become like an anthology series where like each Halloween would be like a different story. And they wanted the like the second film was supposed to be like that's the end of the character Michael Myers, and now we're gonna start this anthology oh, series. Right. Okay. So the third film, no Mikes. No oh. Mikey Mike. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, uh, from what I've heard, it's going to be a rough one to watch, too. <laughs> Great. But I haven't seen this one. This is the only one that I haven't seen. And I think it's, like, obviously because there's I know that there's no Michael Myers in it. So it's hard for me to, like, set aside time to watch it. But, hey, for you guys, we're going to do it. So we're going to watch that for you. Hopefully we're going to get that out next week. If not, we're going to do it sometime soon. We have lives. Gets busy. But we'll figure it out. But till next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>